Let you guys feel free. Welcome home. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Tomasic with Drew Belcher and Low Raven, bringing you the biggest guests and stories in entertainment, business, pop culture, and sports from our studio on the Las Vegas Strip inside Mandalay Bay. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You know the drill. This episode is brought to you by Mandalay Bay. Mark the weekend of March 5th on your calendar as the dates you have to come to Vegas. There's just too much happening here to not make the trip. UFC 272 will be a team mobile arena with Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington as the main event. And you'll be able to see all of your favorite NASCAR drivers in action at the Speedway, which is sick, by the way. That's I'm not a NASCAR guy. To be I know, honest. but like live NASCAR is amazing. Have you been? Yeah, it's sick. Have you been? It's sick. Never been. All right, Fuck we need that. NASCAR. No uh, plus Silk Sonic, the super duo, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack kick off the residency at Dolby Live Theater at Park MGM. Make sure you go grab some tickets. As always, come say what's up at our studio inside the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we got another great guest in the building today. Uh, essentially, a caveat of the show now at this point is to have incredible hair. And That's the first line item. <laughs> really good looking. You cannot come on unless you have great hair. We have banker turned entrepreneur, wildly successful podcast host, reality TV star, and now author. Jason Tartik, welcome to the show, man. It is so good to be here. Las Vegas, MGM, Mandalay Bay. Let's Thanks go. for having me, guys. That's <laughs> fine. Go. I got my first drink in Vegas right here Cheers with the boys. Cheers to this. Welcome. Cheers. Welcome. Cheers. It's great to get someone on the very beginning of their trip. So we've <laughs> Over the course of our show, we've had people like, like already been through the day a little bit. We also have had the full hangover the next day Ooh. moment. We've had everyone. It gets rough. This it is gets fresh. Rough. You're there fresh off the plane. You're looking glowing. <laughs> yeah. Wait till Sunday night. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to need a selfie each time of day for the next three days. See what you look like by Monday. What's I the plans, it. by the way? This comes out after a Super Bowl. So when you're hearing this, we'll already have results. But you're here for the Super Bowl. Yep. Hang out. Oh, yeah. Watch oh, yeah. The game. We're here for the Super Bowl. We have a few meetings, too, okay. so, which is nice. So we got business and pleasure, the best place to do it. We're golfing a little bit tomorrow, too. So. We're intertwining the fun and the work. I Story like of our lives. Are you, you guys good? good at golf? We got one good golfer in the group. Okay. It's not me. It's not you? Yeah. I'm fucking trash. <laughs> I'm absolutely fucking I do have a hole in one, though. I do Shut have up. a hole in one. A real one? Oh, yeah. Did you get it on video? I got it on video. Well, no, I got the re- The guys got the reaction. We had caddies, too. Okay. So oh, the re- caddies okay, so got Yeah, you have proof. proof. Oh, yeah. Okay, proof. cool. Validation. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, oh dude, yeah. I had a hole in one. Okay, Where? did you get it on video? Yeah. Where? No. It was in Nashville. He goes, mini yeah. golf course. <laughs> this yeah, 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 ass yeah. mini golf course. Fucking putt putt. Yeah. It was at the Troubadour. It's a discovery property. And actually, if you know That's a great spot. That's a great spot. Yeah, you know what? Crazy story about it. So, Jim Crane, former PGA player. Yeah. So, he actually, I had never seen a hole in one in my life. On six, he got a hole in one. Okay, so I've never seen it. We're going nuts. Yeah. He's going nuts. Yeah, that's his twelfth hole in one of his life. And on eleven, I got a hole in one. So he has it. never in his life. He's he's like in his forties. He's been on tour for 15, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. He has never seen a round where two people have got a hole in one. So he gave me his ball. He gave me his flag. Signed the card. Got it all framed. And this property is awesome. You can't you can't play there unless you're a member there, unless you have property there. Jim's a has property there. Shit. Discovery, right? We have you one here in Vegas yeah. called Summit. So yep. you got okay. Yeah. So they they come on twelve. It was like twelve or thirteen. They bring a bottle of champagne and the flags, and they gave it to us. It was like come the on. best place ever to get a hole in one. Come on, he has to probably think that you were a ringer because you obviously like, oh I'm not that good at golf, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> too smashes a hole in one. <laughs> this guy's a liar, man. Unbelievable. So <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's five k a hole. It's like oh whatever, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Now we know. Yeah. Now we know. There you go. Catch Super average. Only had one hole in one this year. Yeah, you no, know, never rough. even came close. <laughs> I like it. Uh, are you a big Vegas guy? 
you know what? I, I enjoy Vegas. Okay. I was so when I growing up, what I would do is I was a big poker player and I would have poker games at my house, like at my parents' house. We'd run tournaments, we'd take a little off the top. I mean, we were doing this at a young age. And I used to always watch like WSOP and I was like big okay. into it. So I was always a dream to come to Vegas. So twenty my twenty first birthday, my parents brought me here. My parents, of all people, my freaking Great parents. parents, right? Yeah. yeah. And so since then I try to come back uh here and there as often as I can. You gotta love it. The energy's great. So much to do good food good people it's beautiful are you we saw a little sports gambling content on your instagram you play a lot of sports here you huge, huge on sports gambling. okay big sports gambling guy yeah i actually cover some uh bets uh, the week with uh an app called bet rivers which is fun so i make my predictions and predictions for we'll have to bleep that out that's a competitor <laughs> take them out um do you have any big wins or losses um, I mean, I've had some heartbreaking wins, some heartbreaking losses, but this year I'm like 65 to 70%. No, it's like 65 to 70% win rate. Which That's is really good. good. That's yeah, right. it's good. I don't bet high quantity. I don't bet a lot. I bet high quantity, not a lot of high uh, games. Okay. So I'll pick one or two games a week. I'll put a good amount of units on those games, and that's it. Unlike some of my buddies here who will literally, it's like a roulette board. They'll have like every single number covered. Well, one of them's a good roulette player. The other guy, he'll cover every single number. That's a strategy. Like, Dude, you can't win. Like, <laughs> no, you're not going to win. You're only yeah. going to screenshot me your fucking wins. But you can't win when you literally put every. But you did it 15 times to get that W yeah, for sure. Exactly. Just need, all you need is one. I've done four sports gam- gambling bets in my life, and I lost all four. Really? That's it. That's it. Yeah. You've done four. Really you've only I've only done, done four, four in my, and I'm 34. See, I'm that's adult, a guy you know? from yeah. born and raised in Vegas. Born and raised in Vegas. I've only so done four. Degenerates just go broke here, and like, I I'm lost them all. Yeah, I can't say the same. I've, <laughs> I've had a, so the the biggest my evolution in sports gambling was when you really actually had to take out cash, go drive from your house to the casino if you live here, right? Sure. Pay them the money, and you had a lot of time to think about if that was the right bet or not. Yep. Then they came out with the apps. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now. You just come up with a stupid idea, and you had for sure, and in in three seconds you have a bet put in. You're like, damn, five and two. Like, that was, I don't know, if that was the right. And it's like it's that. not real money. Yeah. It's just, yeah. no, it's just an amount. It's you just, know, it's just a digital. Amount, yeah. What's irritating about the apps though is now on Twitter and Instagram, what they do is they always post those ridiculous parlays. It's almost sure. like a hundred, two hundred bucks down and wins like a hundred twenty five grand. And just when you're like, I'm done with sports <laughs> betting, boom, you see that you're like, all right, if that asshole could do it, I could do it. That's every meme. There's hundred twenty five bucks. That's Thank why you. everyone does a meme coin investment. Yeah, exactly. like that too. It's like, oh my god, this guy made a million X last week. Cool. <laughs> He's eighteen years old. Why not? Or twenty two years old? Let's go. That's yep. the same thing. Everyone's exactly. like, oh hey, it's a sixteen leg parlay. Yeah. 14 different sports. Yeah. Hit them all. 100%. Five bucks wins $3 million or something ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, look, we love it. So, I mean, that's why we play. That's right. Are you, uh, who are you betting this weekend? Well, so I, this, when this comes out, by the way, they're going to know if you're we'll right or wrong. Know. Oh, so this will be out. This all will right, be, so this here's my prediction. Out. We're making this before the show. Yeah. I'm going to go against the trend. So, since 2010, the underdog is 5-1. and one. Okay, when there's been a three-point spread or more, the underdog to win the game straight up has been five and one, and that loss was when Atlanta was up twenty-eight to three. So everything would say in that statistic, put it on Cincinnati. I'm saying there's no way that O line is going to hold up against the LA defense. There's no way LA is going to cover. LA is going to win. You heard it here first. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to say the the Bengals are going to win. I'll never bet against Joey B. Joey Burr. Yeah, dude, he's got he's got the swag factor. Swag but Joey Burr, the- when he showed up to, by the way, I was going to bet against them, and then I saw his outfit last game. You can't like, bet against that because if that guy goes into Kansas City with that outfit and gets his ass kicked, you're never like you're. He's got the you juju. Are be like buried got the juju, online. man. He's got the buried. juju. But here's let me ask you guys a question: Do you think Joe Burrow won that game, or do you think Patrick Mahomes lost that game? 
Um, I I mean, I think that, I mean, you could put a lot of heroics in Patrick Mahomes' corner. So I think sometimes just the heroics ran out, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. And I think some things fell Joe Burrow's way, like, you know. But at the end of the day, by the way, Kansas City got the coin toss. They got the coin so, toss. So, and the Kansas City only scored three points in the third quarter, yeah. fourth quarter, and overtime. Three points. I think that's on off. Kansas City. Yeah, I think Mahomes lost that game, but still. Yeah. We'll see. Joe Burrow. <laughs> we'll see right now. You kind of got some Joe this Burrow This is not swag. financial advice, by yeah. the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll know right now. I mean, once this comes out, everyone will know. But, God, this one's an idiot and one's really smart. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it. It's 50-50 like, that, shot right now. That Jason Tardick guy is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Rams. What a <laughs> Rams. Yeah. What a sucker. <laughs> um, all right. Finan- Do you consider yourself a financial influencer? Um, I think... Yeah, I guess you would say that. I okay. mean, so I built the the social media following from going on The Bachelor. The, right. You know, it took a wild detour. I got my MBA. I was a corporate banker for 10 years. Then I went on a reality television show, you know, such a 2022 thing to say. And then the platform was all built from being on reality TV, but I've really focused on the business, career navigation, personal financial uh, wellness. So I, I, yes, I am a business influencer. I'm also like, uh, you know, an influencer in other things, I guess. Okay. But I also own a talent agency and, you know, I own a podcast and I, I now have a book coming out. So I, I think I, I the word entrepreneur is so overused, but I like to say, you know, I, I'm a business owner. I own a bunch of businesses. That's fair enough. Though. You know, you're in not, not categoried just yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's fair to say if you look at my P and L, where income's coming from, a lot of it's coming from influencing. So sure. okay. to say the word influencing <laughs> is a very fair statement. Okay, sure. All right, we'll take that. And also, the the term like entrepreneur still isn't widely accepted. Like, oh, I'm an yeah. entrepreneur. It's like, oh, okay. So what do you do? Yeah, but what do you but, think influencer yeah. is? Right. <laughs> yeah, I go to, like if I go back home, like influencer, it's like barf. That's cool ugly. story, bro. That's sweet yeah. dude, you're yeah. fucking influencer. You're a loser. Is what it's tough to say as a guy, especially. But that's what kind of incentivized me to like do the podcast training secrets where we talk about money because that would you know the buddies would chirp me they'd be like oh dude sweet swipe up and i'd be like you know how much i made on that yeah because right? they're chirp only because yeah. they're chirping me not the brat but i'm like you know how much I made? and then i'll tell them they'll be like holy shit what is going on in this world like what's happening here you know so people do lose their mind when they, when they do see that when they start to see the numbers and then guess what everyone's like all right we're out here building content people yeah, i'm gonna do, start doing do you i want to swipe episodes. up right now just swipe up. Swipe up. you know <laughs> two years into this um all right well then you got an MBA. I went to grad school as well. Cool. Do you think going to college and getting an MBA will be completely pointless in 10 or 15 years? I think it'll be a little bit of obsolete. Like, I think, here's the thing. I mean, if you're going to, like, a top five school, top ten school, you're going to Ivy League where the network is unbelievable, you're going to get into the big investment banks, the big hedge funds, the big consulting firms that will always be there in some capacity, and they're always going to pick the best and brightest people, just like the NFL does and the NBA does, right? right? There's going to be that. But if you're not in that top 1% of 1%, there's going to be alternative ways to to put yourself ahead because there's like price elasticity is a big thing, right? So what that is, is when the price of a good goes up, the demand goes down. But college has created this bubble that when the price goes up, the demand has gone up. And that we're now starting to see to pop, especially with COVID, because people are like, wait a second, I'm sitting my ass at home. I got my mom yelling at me. I'm doing chores and I'm paying 10 grand for this class. This is stupid. I'm paying the same amount if I was there. Yeah. Do you see that? Yale is is completely uh, um, still remote right now. Still $50,000 a year. And that's that's the issue right now. Yale Yale in your mom's basement. You you go to to college for networking. Right. I mean, uh, you go to college for networking and and you go for the experience. However... 
I will say with certain professions, you always need an education. I don't ever want a doctor to operate on no, me if they have We're talking done MBA tech. here. We're yeah, talking, we're talking just business. MBA, right? You can yeah, go, for I sure. think in 10 or 15 years, I just had a daughter. Yep. When she goes, Congratulations. thank you. When yep. she goes to college or when she's eligible to go to college in 18 years, sure. I mean, I truly think that most likely it might be a bad investment unless you just need like a buffer for, for being an adult, which I think is okay, by the way. Yeah. I think having four years of you learning how to be an adult, because most people aren't ready at 18. Some are ready much earlier now, but some just aren't. Yeah. That's okay. But an MBA, like, don't be wrong. I paid full price for grad school. Sure. Going back in time, there wasn't an option to not do that. That was the way to be successful. Do but you, now, I don't know. Do you think that, because I have this theory, now that I get a little older and we're thinking about having kids, Kaylin and I, I feel as though a lot of parents steer their kids in directions towards college because they steer their kids in direction towards safety because safety gives them comfort and less anxiety, right? And so I think that's unfortunately the way a lot of us were brought up. And it's a thesis I have is that we're like brought up into this blueprint that's created by our parents and like the society that we are growing up in. And as a result of that, we end up down these paths that, like, we're like, wait, how the hell did we get here? Right? That's how it's supposed to be, right? That's <laughs> what you're supposed. But five years ago, there was no no other option. Yeah. Eight years ago, ten years ago, there was no other option when we were going to school. At least that was what you did. You went. There was no real social media careers. Yeah. There was no. You can go to essentially college on YouTube now. Yeah. No one was putting out content like that. Where as of now, right? You could pay. X amount of money to probably get the same education if you just talk about the education, not yeah. networking or sure, anything like that. Sure. Not the experience of yeah. it. I so, see, I think those options were there. But that I was prevalent. But I just don't think there was accessibility to learn from people that were doing them. Where right now right. we can go, like you said, TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, put like entrepreneur or side hustle. We could see like 30 things that I had no idea how people That's make crazy. money. Sure. Right. So accessibility and communication has changed gr- drastically, which I think is one of the reasons it's opened things up. There's going to be like five MBAs. Right? You said, all right, all right, here, here you go. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, <laughs> Stanford. USC. All right, USC. You can keep your MBA. Everyone yeah, else yeah, is yeah. out. Here's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be uh, licenses. So like, like a license or a certificate, like you are going to go to school or whatever the school is, it's going to be very concentrated and you'll have a very specific niche, right? So maybe it's like, I'm making something up here, but... Maybe it's literally like accounting for social media influencers in the food space. Like it's going to be like these small licenses, like a CPA or a CFA. It's not going to be like an education, but I don't know. That's no, I love that. I wish they, I wish they did teach that because you can make some serious money on social media. And the old previous societal stigma was, hey, you go out, go to college, get good grades, go out, get an internship, get a good job, go work for someone else, start your 401k. Now it's like, dude, fuck that. By the time my daughter is about to go to college, she's going to be able to just put a computer chip in her brain, <laughs> fly her electric car to wherever she wants to go. Elon Musk will have already given her all the education she needs <laughs> for like $14.99 a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No need like, for parenting. Yeah, start, exactly. <laughs> You're going to be partying at Mandalay all night. It's it's crazy the evolution already that we I've seen in like my adult life yeah. now like you said like you considering kids and me just having one he just had a, a kid as well awesome. and you start looking at these things through a different lens wondering totally. I mean we have no idea where things are gonna predict and end up totally right you know we're so we're not even that far into the social media world even though it seems like it's been forever like when we were in college Facebook was out like coming out yeah I, I also feel like kids growing up 
when we were growing up and going to college, like it was cool to be like, oh, I'm getting my degree in finance, which I got my my degree in finance, and yeah. I don't use that degree now. Totally. But it was like, oh, I'm going to go get an MBA. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like if the goal now in the future is to make money, there's so many different routes and different options to take. If the goal is to strictly make money, For now sure. if you want to go and be a doctor, like you said, or a lawyer, yeah, yeah right. you have to go to grad school. We're not saying that. By go the way. get that. Yeah, yeah not financial. <laughs> we're not advice. saying you can be For a doctor by any too. fucking means <laughs> at, at all. But if like the goal is to make money, there's so many affordable routes to just take right out of high school for sure 100 or, or just be like less than 300 grand yeah or just start a tiktok and yeah make some yeah, food, yeah, right? food videos you know? yeah I, it's crazy to see these like young financial influencers now yeah. who are like 16 years old getting financial advice the crypto and, advice yeah sketch, every, dude, it's, sketch. it's pretty unbelievable yeah but like everything you gotta like due diligence right yeah absolutely I, mean, I had a guy that's an entrepreneur i really respect this guy super smart he's just not uh, financially savvy and he's like hey man i just got pitched this person was like okay if you give me x amount of dollars i will guarantee you this certain percentage in return off cryptocurrency and i said to him i was like and he's like yeah i'm thinking about doing it what do you think i was like dude i had so much credibility before the last 20 seconds of this call for you <laughs> yeah. like are you kidding me so you got to do your due diligence because there's a lot of nonsense out there so we were talking about earlier nonsense. there's always Sometimes the home runs that are too good to be true, you want them to be true so bad. And they're not. And they're not. There's no such thing as a guaranteed yeah. home run. Hey, Doesn't if you happen. give me a thousand bucks, I can almost guarantee yeah, you. Yeah, bullshit. You're going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Uh, all right, well, you've interviewed so many successful people on your podcast, Trading Secrets. Have you got any financial advice from them off the camera that's been a big win for you? Yeah, I think the biggest win off camera has been... Um, so we talked a little bit about this before we even jumped on. Yeah. People that are listening is vertical integration. So anyone that's out there, if you think about like businesses you have, or maybe your full-time job, how can you maybe integrate something, some resource that can contribute to something else you could be doing, right? So the podcast, we get to meet with these big people, right? right. Like Kevin O'Leary, Gary Vaynerchuk. We got A-Rod crazy coming guests. on. Right? It's crazy guests. So we thought about what can we do? to like not only build a relationship, but also monetize that. And so since I have this influencing background, I quickly learned, as we just talked about a lot of non-BS stuff, there's a lot of agents out there in this influencing world that are taking advantage of people that don't know their ass from their head, right? So suppose I come to you right now, and anyone that's listening, suppose like instantly you blow up overnight because you had a video go viral, and let's say you work for 25 bucks an hour serving at, I don't know, your local bar, and I come to you and say, hey, Bud Light wants to do a sponsor deal with you. They're going to do a deal with you and they're going to pay you five grand. You just got to post a picture. You would naturally think five grand. I'm making 25 bucks an hour. Done. Done. Yeah. Little does that person know that I just worked a deal with Bud Light on the back end and got them to pay 30 grand and I'm taking 25 off the top. Right. Right. There's this huge gap of information in this space. And so I got kind of taken a few times and I said, you know what? Why don't I just create an agency in which we're just fully transparent about where the money's made and how it's made? And so when we have guests on, like Kevin O'Leary is a perfect example, my team and I will reach out to his business partner and say, hey, do you have people that are sending you social media deals? We know you got a bunch of deals, but do you have social media deals? I say, actually, for instance, we, you know, we could use some help with that. And so we've sourced plenty of deals. I won't get into specifics for a guy like Kevin O'Leary. Right. And there's many examples of that with guests that we've had on where we've been able to financially monetize in a win-win scenario from the people that join the show. So you're pretty much taking your guests and being able to do outside business off the show with them. Now, once you get that person-to-person -person interaction with them and they trust you, you trust them. Exactly. Right on. Right on. Exactly. We've always talked about this show when everyone asks us about why we do a podcast. Yep. It's just if you took this thought process of doing a, sh a podcast. Yep. 
of just finding someone that you maybe know a little bit or don't know or a friend of a friend that you find interesting in any way possible. Entertaining, influential, they have good information. You just want to talk to them and smoke them for one hour every day without microphones. Yep. If you just put that practice in your life, you'd be so much smarter at the end of the year. A hundred percent. Just take someone out to lunch every day for one year, someone that you don't know, yep. and plan a little bit on what you want to say to them and talk to them about, like a little bit of preparation. Totally. And do that. If you do that without microphones, I think everyone, that's exactly what a podcast is. We just happen to... And record it. Yeah, yeah some yeah. people decided to listen, unfortunately. That's, <laughs> that's their like fault, the, you know? the people are listening and <laughs> yeah. recording, and it also prompts like deeper conversation because you know that there's someone on for the sure. other end of this listening. I think, and I've already talked about vertical, vertical integration, but for anyone listening out there, the guys you're listening to every week did that already before. I'm big on breaking the vault and like breaking down the, like shattering the ceiling so people could see behind the curtains. Sure. Before the podcast even started, we even talked about like, I have a book I want to sell. You guys work for MGM. Let's do a giveaway on Instagram where the consumer wins by giving them a trip. You guys win by drawing attention to your show. I win by potentially selling uh, books. That's Circle You guys are doing it, right? Circle you guys are doing what I just pitched. Everybody eats. Everybody. If everyone everybody wins, eats. Everyone's at. Everyone goes to the bank on the same day. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Not anymore. But. There you go. Right. <laughs> everyone goes to their app. Everyone goes to their Venmo on the same day. I haven't been to the bank in so fucking long, yeah. by the way. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, by the way, what was A-Rod like in person? Um, I mean, first of all, you, you think about like yourself and the energy you bring off. I mean, I don't think I've been in the presence of a guy who has so much exterior energy that he's putting out. At, like other than just his body like sure. you walk in and you're like the way he carries himself the way he dresses everything's meticulous super nice super kind but very thoughtful about every single thing he's doing right you know i got this like throwaway podcast called trading secrets and here's a rod right who was just engaged to j-lo best baseball player to ever live and he was commenting on the lighting we had set up making sure that it wasn't washed out because he wanted to make sure the lighting and the angles were perfect that's a small example of how i think he lives his life Everything is done to the best of his ability, and everything's meticulous, and he's got this power energy uh, that's really, uh, like, honestly inspiring. It's inspired. Yeah. I think you very rarely see people who are gr truly great in one thing, yeah, and then it's, he's stepping into, like, the truly greatness in business, right? And you don't really necessarily see that too often, right? When someone's great at something, it's that's, rare, yeah. that's their thing forever, right? Yep. Rarely do they get to have a second thing and be that great at, which... I think he's one of the few people who's actually done that. The first question I asked him, it's funny you said that, because the first question I asked him, I said, you got about almost 8 billion people in this world, right? And you have achieved outlying success, extreme outlying success in baseball as an athlete. On social media, he's the most followed person that's ever played baseball. He is one of the most still, somehow, in his 40s, mid-40s, one of the most relevant people in right? pop culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's a business tycoon. He owns A-Rod Corp, which is essentially like a mini hedge fund. Like, how are you one in eight billion? That was my first question to him. Because how do you achieve all that in so many different directions? It's crazy. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's You're making nuts. me feel bad. I know. While making, <laughs> pumping A-Rod up <laughs> oh, at the same how time. How do you think like, I felt? I was like, We Jesus. all have the same 24 hours, And I've too. wasted like, so fuck. many hours in my life. I, yeah. Right? I like, yeah. Nuts. Just nuts. I, when you get to meet people like that, there's something about about them and innate ability detail oriented you know just gifts from birth all wrapped into like one human being totally type of situation i mean yep. i've never met a rod but now from a business perspective like i feel like being an athlete the athlete to sports team owner has to be the coolest evolution 
on earth. Come on, absolutely. Like there can't I mean there might be other ways to make more money and do other uh, other things that are impressive or whatever it may be, totally. but to be a professional athlete and then own a excuse me, own a big 4 franchise. Sure. NBA, yep. NFL, yeah. Yeah, 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 NHL, MLB, right? Has 100%. to be one of those. To be an owner of one of those, it has to be the coolest transition of like all time. Of all time. Of all time. There's there's nothing better than that. And I think there's a lot of takeaways from that because like that's monopoly dollars, right? You're looking at A-Rod, the money's made half a billion dollars in just playing a sport. But you think about what he did is like even at that level, one of them, like you say his name and most people in America will recognize his name. He still would have no shot at buying a team ever by himself. Ever, right. Right. So what did he have to do? Things that people that are listening to this probably have to do every day is you got to find partners and you got to network. And he networked with a guy, Mark Laurie, who was a former CEO of Walmart and a multi-billionaire. It was a good fit. But people, you know, like you think about maybe it's a small grocery store you're on. Maybe who knows what it is. Even if you're A-Rod, you still can't do it yeah. by yourself. That's crazy right? to think about. Yeah. When you think about that. So how are, you know, someone sitting at home listening to this, like if you're not achieving what you're trying to achieve, why are you not leveraging people that have different skill sets and different networks because you're too good for it? Like, get over your fucking ego. Sorry if you have to bleep that out. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. You can as much as you want. And, and you actually, and A-Rod understanding the value of his money, whatever X dollars that is, right? 250 million, 100 million, whatever it is, versus, let's just say, you and I are worth 100 million, which, sure. which we're not, which I'm not, <laughs> 99 and a half. <laughs> uh, no, but like, his, his money's more valuable than my money. Right. Right. Well, right? because of his Because when, when the headline said, it didn't yeah. say Mark and A-Rod buy the Timberwolves. Yep. It said A-Rod, A-Rod buys A-Rod's the group bought the Timberwolves, right? And it just goes to show you, right, he leveraged his name with his money versus people who have exorbitant amount of money who want to work with people who have name and relevancy and money. And it just all comes full circle. Impressive. Media but, currency like that. We talked about influencing, like media currency. Oh it does it. It's not US dollars, but it is a very real currency in 2022. Right? Absolutely. You have so many influencers teaming up with brands to now become small equity partners or restaurants to become small equity partners. And they have no experience in owning a restaurant or anything, how that, that industry works. But now they have the, the leverage and the influence to now push out content and whatever they want totally. at all times. Totally. It's crazy. You're absolutely wild. right. It's a wild world. I mean, I'm just wondering if Drew, Jeff, and Jason could be the first podcasters to buy a sports franchise one day. There you go. Let's and manifest then it. Reference this clip coming back here ten years from now. Just put it out there. Love it. Put it out there. A Rod can't have all the love on this. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, if you had to start from scratch today, mm-hmm. investing. Yeah. What moves are you making? The first thing you're doing, like, it, like the first thing anyone should do, is look at your debt profile. Right, everyone gets so excited because it's sexy. We already talked about it, like thousand percent returns, all right. this stuff. Right? Think about this: like there are the smartest humans that are living in the planet with the biggest technology behind them, all the computers, the AI, everything. All they're trying to do, the best and brightest with the biggest power, they're just trying to beat the market. That's it. S and P five hundred last year did about twenty eight percent. So if you're looking at some of these returns, like 100%, 1,000%, it is outlying ridiculousness when you look at historical returns. They're just trying to edge out 28% last year, which was a monster year. Monster year. So stop thinking about these, like, I'm going to get rich quick schemes and start thinking about what's really holding you down and what holds everybody down is bad debt. Okay. So I would say start with making sure that if you have high interest rate debt, you eliminate it, you restructure it, you refinance it, right, get cool. your debt together. Once you get your debt together create a budgeting system that allows you to have greater cash inflow. And when you have greater cash inflow, you'll have excess money to start investing. 
And what you got to do is you got to know your limitations. And if you have to outsource help, outsource help with people you trust. But be smart in a market like this because we're seeing so much volatility. There's a big thing called dollar cost averaging. This is 101, right? Uh, very, very 101. But entering the market at different times with consistency at the same dollar amount, like March 1st, you know, April 1st, May 1st, you could buy the same equity or cryptocurrency at a smaller fraction, but you're entering at different times will help with this volatility. So outsource help, do your due diligence, do your research. Most importantly, before you start trying to hit grand slams, really clean up your debt because in America, that's our biggest issue as a whole. Do you think like the age of obviously this past two years has been ridiculous, right? People have gotten rich for no reason. Robin Hood app, the whole nine yards. Do you think, I feel like financial investors should be verified with like a green check. You know what I'm saying? Like this Instead person, of a blue, you get a green one. Well, this one is actually, this is a real yeah. person who gives real financial advice. That's actually truthful because I think in this day and age, right? Access to information is so incredible. It's a There's good. so many smart people giving away incredible advice for free for the first time ever, more than ever. But there's also equally amount of people, if not more, giving out trash advice, yeah. making money on it, off of it. And no one really knows. And a lot of the people who are giving out bad advice or ill-advised advice are just as believable as someone giving out real advice. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think you're an interesting space because you're yeah. now giving, I don't say you're giving financial advice, but you're giving financial insight, education, I'd say. education yeah, insight education, and education yeah. with a lot of successful people to a lot of people. Like, how do you see that world happening? Well, I think like if you look at like Web 3.0 right now, you have, it's just peer to peer, right? There are no more right. businesses. So what's interesting about humans in general is as we fall on our face from a macro perspective, like big volume, we learn quickly, we get back up and we reshift. I'll give you an example that everyone can relate to because you talk about like getting screwed over. This is nothing new. People trying to scam people is nothing oh, new. Of course. Oh, yeah, the never, Tinder never. swindler is nothing that we haven't seen before. <laughs> sure, think, great, about, think about the used car sales business back in the day. I mean, those guys in the 60s and 70s, they were completely crushing people and then going behind the doors and celebrating at how bad they just crushed right. someone over the Ruthless. head. So what happened? We got smarter. We got brighter. You got to love America for that. Kelly Blue Book's invented. KBB, wait a minute. Now I can benchmark how much my car is worth. That guy can't screw me. Yeah. So this isn't anything new. And I think the cool thing about Web 3.0 when you have peer-to-peer -peer, is people get smarter and it's happening at a quicker rate than ever before. So if it sounds too good to be true, get your guard up. And no, I think just have trust within the whole society as a whole that things will be put in place to check people. Because when we have checks and balances, yeah. it creates efficiency. You have to, yeah. Investing FOMO. Just don't have investing FOMO. Yes. Then Never that, chase it. Never that, chase that it. Chase you, Once it runs, yeah. it runs. It's don't gone. chase it. It's, yeah, gone. it's, it's gone. gone. Don't have FOMO, man. You'd be very much regrettable. By the way. Can we trademark this my green check idea? On, I like that. On air right yeah, can now? we bring that can up I real quick? Yeah, let's go. Right. That's got to be Guys, done. That's got to be done. Now. We have a whole new social wow. media verification thing. Changing this the world. This is probably green one check. of the most and successful first 30 minutes of I the think podcast. some of them should have to reveal their tax documents. I want to see how much money you actually earned Ooh, last I year like before that. you start yeah, giving how out financial so advice. I mean, I have an episode on my so my podcast is all about like, let's talk about money Okay, perfect. how you did. So I have an episode. We're on the same page. End of the year. It's called Jason Tells All. I have one of my best buddies, so it's not some like person who drills me. How much did you make off this? How much did you make off this? And I'm sitting there to the dollar. He's like, okay, Cameo, how much you make? I'm pulling it up. Okay, we did 39000 off Cameo. How are you paid on Cameo? Well, I get 75%, they get 20%. How much you make off your social media? We crushed it. We hit seven figures this year. Okay, how much did you make? Off? And we're just talking through the numbers. Right. And so my whole thing is that 
people don't talk about the money they make because we live in this world that if you make too little or too much, it's instantly judged. But the second I tell you about something, the second I tell you where I made money or lost money, there's 8,000 lessons to be learned within that. Yeah. And as a society, society, and that's the whole thesis behind the podcast I have called Trading Secrets, if we we could talk about this stuff, we're all better off. Every one of us is better off. So why are we afraid to talk about where we make money and how much we made and how much we lost? I don't understand. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I don't know. I don't know when that happened, right? When it was like a faux pas to say, hey, hey, hey how much do you make? Or, uh-huh. or like even within a company, yeah. not, not, knowing, not knowing what someone else is yep, making totally. and what you're making or anything like that. I think as much as you can be transparent. And by the way, I think anyone who talks about finances – professionally yeah should give some insight like and it gives credibility right some people may judge a little bit but everyone judges you for no reason for, anyways, yeah, whatever screw it. yeah but like hey guys fyi i'm giving you this advice because i got smashed a few times sure i got screwed a few times right i got taken aback a few times and i tried to fix and help other people now and now i'm profiting off of it yep. but here's why and here's how and like you go, don't go out and be my competitor or please do. I want everyone to win, but here's how I'm winning and why I'm winning and how much I'm winning. For sure. hundred percent. And I think my, again, another Jason Tardic thesis here. You know, these guys are like, yeah, this is the idiot that called LA to win. And they got, they got blown out, out by, by Joey B. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Way off. Well, no, right. <laughs> Halfway down the, people might've just left 10 minutes yeah, ago. They're right? like, this guy has <laughs> yeah. zero shot. But another off. wild thesis I'll be proved wrong is I think like, I remember when I was a corporate banker 10 years, like if you talked about what you made to your peers, you're like slapped on the wrist. How right. dare you? You don't sure. talk about that. Right. Why would they do that? The only reason they would do that is because if every single one of my bankers sat in a room, and we talked about how much we made, we would now have more information to go negotiate and leverage that information to get paid more. So I think it's like an HR hierarchy, hush, hush, BS thing that's been instilled down because if we talk about it, then we have more leverage and then the people at the top have more work to do sure that's my thesis it could be wrong so no, you, you're right you're right yeah you feel comfortable sharing with your influence with your audience that you have like hey guys this is what i'm this is what i'm making this is how i'm making it totally this is where it's coming from for sure i have to do it and i expect my guests to do it like we had rob deerdeck on rob deerdeck guy from mtv we talked about Dude. him before the podcast what's Rich. that we talked about him before the yeah, podcast. Just, oh, did yeah. you i just a like i said we're both parents just yeah. as far as like being family man very successful still really relevant very Kills cool it. just a very good embodied person of someone who has kids and wants to be successful in, in life in general. Yeah. Very good, I guess, portrait of that. You she know? is uh, exemplary of that. Like, ex- I don't even know if that's a word. I think I yeah. said it wrong. That's the drinks talking. But he is like an ideal person to look up to for that. But when I asked him about how much he made, I was like, how much did MTV pay you? He goes, well, you know, he tells it. They offered me 125K. What I said to them was, uh, how about... You don't pay me that, but you give me placement rights, all placement rights for ads. So if I have a vodka in my episode, I can negotiate that. And on top of that, I own this production company. We only do like 50000 in revenue, but we have the infrastructure. So let's just do like every episode now is produced through my production company. And overnight, he made that $50,000 a year pot, or, uh, company turn into a $50 million revenue generating company because now they are producing every single episode. And the one thing about... Every 10,000 ridiculousness episode episodes that are out there. <laughs> but the reason that's... So that was the cool thing about the podcast. You quickly learn 
the reason there's so much Rob Deerdeck on MTV is because Rob Deerdeck out negotiated them right. better than I think I've ever seen anyone out negotiate any type of media company ever. And they have no choice but to put his content out there because they need to recoup the investment dollars that they spent on. Wow. But back to the family man thing, what's interesting is after the podcast, you asked me, like, who have I got to know? He showed me his whole schedule. He has someone that comes in that drives efficiency in his businesses. And long story short, he said, how can you drive efficiency in my life? And so they create this system for him to get objective numbers how connected he is with his wife every day on a 10th decibel. So she'll say like 6.4, 3.4. And for years and years, he tracks this information. And he starts to see where his happiness, connection with his family, productivity, and work all correlate. And so then he tries to find things in his life that he needs to eliminate to drive the best efficiency, which creates happiness. And so what he, his conclusion was when he drinks, his productivity, his connection with his wife, his connection with his family, his work ethic is down. So he's like eliminated drinking. When he works out and he does, uh, he does yoga in the morning and meditates, all of those numbers are up. And he has a huge sample size because he's tracked this for years. So now he has this like model of how he can live pure happiness, like the most efficient happiness. So then we talked about his business plan. said, so how far does your business plan go out? I'll ask you guys this. How far do you think his business plan goes out? Quarterly, uh, biannually, annually, two years, three years, four years? Take a shot. I mean, I would assume, right? Can't can you really plan longer than 18 months? I'd say quarterly. Yeah. Quarterly. 500 years. What? He has a 500-year plan. What does that even right? mean? So that's what I say. I go, what What's are you talking about? Mean? Your kids, said, kids, kids, kids. Yeah, we're talking about college. He's talking about living forever. Living you know, forever. He's, 15 no, times ahead of us right now. This is crazy, though. He has this system built in place that if you are born as a deer deck, you will know financially you're in a good place. But most importantly, there's a system to live your happiest life. And so he like literally, this isn't like a thought that he's just talking on a podcast. I've saw he has this full plan that's all based on objective numbers and inputs. It's crazy. Jeff, we fucking suck. Dude. We <laughs> suck. It's yeah. nuts. Great. You know what? I think like we had talked about <laughs> the when you speak to some because it sounds far fetched, but when you speak to someone and maybe you don't adopt that type of extremeness uh-huh. in your life, but even a small percentage of it, I mean, when you look at somebody, honestly, when I had a kid, I started to look. I asked a couple older, not to say role models, but older successful people that I saw that were doing really well in business, mm-hmm. were still married. We're still having a great life that I saw. We're still traveling, having a good time, hanging out with their friends, instantly still having fun. Yep. And we're still involved in their families with their kids and I'm and still in shape. I'm like, excuse me. I'm drowning right now. I'm six <laughs> months having kids. I feel like I'm on death's door. Tell me I'm obviously not doing this right. What do you got for me? You know? And I think like talking to someone like that, you realize the sheer amount of practice makes perfect, but the type of focus that you can make, that digesting that knowledge, talking to someone yeah. is invaluable, right? Invaluable. And, and so, like, I'll be fully honest. I've never myself saw myself doing this. And now I have a system. I started in December. And there's things I track every single day now because oh, I'm trying to do this. Yeah. Well, you're drinking, so, so things, I know your days yes. going to be that. No, no, no. Now but you I, know tomorrow's going to be very unproductive. But I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Every single day for the last, since mid-December... I will put in the number of drinks I had that day. Okay. Really? So really? I have the inputs I have are did I, how many miles did I run? Did I work out? Uh, did I eat because I'm trying to fast? Did I eat before noon? Did I eat after nine? Uh, my connection with my fiance, my productivity for the companies I own, my productivity for my personal brand, my content output, 
Um, did I gamble that day? And how many drinks did I have? Those are all my inputs. I've done it every day since mid-December now. Because so of Rob. seven years, all because of Rob. I would have never done it. Where do you put Rob. them in? So I, I, I'm old school because like with being an analyst and stuff and yeah, having yeah, banking yeah. experience, I'm good with Excel. There's a hundred percent chance I could find an app that would do this for me, but I just do it in my Excel file. I was like, I have a whiteboard, you know. Uh, just, uh, yeah, no, I have like a little system in my Excel file. Yeah, wow. Every day. Yep. Do and, you do you feel like you've semi found a little bit more clarity in 100%. your hundred percent? So I do it at fourteen day increments. So every fourteen days, I'll take the total and I'll start to see. The other thing I'll track is where I'm at, like if I'm because I travel a lot. And I've noticed, like, I already have some conclusions now. If I'm traveling that day, everything is red. My miles run is red. Everything is shit. If right. I'm traveling that day, my day. So what can I do the day before to prepare for that? If I am traveling outside of where I live, everything is, like, yellow. It's not great. Sure. If I'm in home base in Nashville, I've noticed, like, my happiness levels are low, but my productivity is huge. So starting to proactively like find ways to to work against it. Also, I notice when my miles run and my workouts lower, my drinks are out of control. Okay, like like stupid amounts. So now I'm starting to. This has only been, you know, two months of doing this, sure. and I already have enough information to make adjustments in my life, which is why. So like tomorrow, and the Rob Deerdeck effect, dude, dude, geez, dude. Like I already have two workout. I have a workout plan tomorrow and a workout plan Sunday. I would have never. I'm in Vegas. I would have never planned those workouts in the morning. Right. Yeah, no. If ever. I didn't see this information, they're already in the calendar. I know I'm going. I'll be there. I'm a firm believer of write stuff down. Not to that extent, but maybe I need to up my game. <laughs> Is that because when I write things down and you track things a bit, you just really start adding because you can skip one here, skip one there mentally, sure. and you forget yeah. about them. And when you write things down yeah. and you say, oh, I'm supposed to work out once a day, right, for 30 days. Sure. And in your brain, you're like, yeah, I missed a few days. I, I can't remember exactly how many. And then you go in there, you're like, damn, I, I missed. 15 days out of, yeah. out of 30, right? What the hell happened? You know, I could have sworn it was three, you know? Right. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in that, but man, I might, I might, ex- <laughs> not today, Monday. Do you have a daily routine that you definitely need to keep up on? Um, like, do you have no. to work out in the morning and run your miles in the morning as soon as you wake I've up? I've noticed that if I don't do it in the morning, the likelihood of me doing it is much less. Same with me. It with, goes down Yeah, with kids now, I yeah. ha- as soon as I wake up totally. at 5, I go straight to the gym, get Smart. that out of the way. Because if I don't, yeah. I'm not going to go in the afternoon. i got to spend time with a little, little shithead asshole. Right. Yeah. You know, throwing yeah. spaghetti all over the place, <laughs> yeah. you know, and taking his diaper off and pissing all over the couch. Yeah. I'm not going to the gym after like, that. like, give me a drink. I'm going yeah. to bed. When he yeah. goes to bed at 7, I'm not going to the gym. I'm going to pour a nice little tequila and hang out. Yeah, exactly. I get that. Yeah. That's well, interesting. Honestly, yeah. like, those are the gems. Do you have others from, from your host that you think that have, like, really blown you away because yeah. that that to me right now i'm like flabbergasted so yeah. we're gonna talk about that one when you leave yeah. trust okay, me yeah. and we're gonna probably implement that in our daily lives as yeah well. improvement right honestly yeah. I, I didn't really think i needed it until i had a kid and then i feel like now i don't ha- i don't have time for anything totally. so honestly yeah. you what you're doing right now is helping you so much for whenever you and caitlin do have kids totally 100 is you will already have found an equilibrium maybe that you right. think that you're going to need right and it's going to be completely out of whack by the way whatever 100%. you find out is going to be screwed yeah it's going to have to change but you're going to at least know how to get there faster and get back to it faster for sure and i think that's now probably where it's interesting though guys i think successful people have sometimes outlandish ways of staying successful to 100 percent. and the thing about our so it's called trading secrets but at the end of every episode someone has to give us their trading secret so that's where all that information came right. from and the one we already talked about mark Valori. yeah but this one like was just stuck with me too is 
I, I, you know, it's kind of a similar question to A-Rod. I was like, there's 3,700 or so billionaires in the world. How the hell are you one of them? Because he, he came from nothing. So how'd you, like, how? And it was an interesting answer that I didn't expect. He calls it the sixth gear. He said, every day of my life, I'm just operating in the sixth gear. I'm just, it's, there's no stop. There's no rest. There's no nap. It's full speed ahead. When I make an investment, I had 33, I think the number might be a little off, but when he went in all in on his company, when he's trying to get other investors, he put $372,000 into the company. The investor said, Mark, just round up to 400. Like, this is a weird number. He goes, no, no, no. I only have $372,000. That's it. If I go all in on this company, then I know there's no, I have to succeed. There's no, if I lose, I'm dead. I'm broke. And so, of course, that attracts investors. They're like, this guy's all in. I can go sleep at night and this guy's still going to be working. And so his whole philosophy of how he made it to where he did, obviously he's intelligent, he's smart and everything else, but every day he wakes up in the sixth gear and he tells people, you can have off days, you can have self-care days, but like, are you in your sixth gear right now? And if you're not, what does it take to get there? The amount of work I'm going to do after this podcast is through the roof. <laughs> not leaving the studio until March. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, you touched on Web3. We're about to go into my favorite topic on Earth. Where are you, Jeff, dude. Where are you at? Go. What are your thoughts on NFTs in the metaverse? Okay, this is a deep... I mean, this could be a whole podcast. Right. Just um, I'll give general, a very general, general thought is there's a lot... Uh, when something new comes to the market, there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of money behind it. Everyone goes to the market. Everyone creates something to get a piece. I think that most of the pieces and the people that are coming to the market uh, will fail. I think a lot of them will be uh, like pump and dumps. There will be a lot of big money and big hype. They'll fall apart and there will be nothing to it. I think there will be a select percentage of projects that turn out to be extremely successful and projects that make average middle class individuals or lower class individuals or even upper class extremely, extremely rich. Um, the one example I'll say, and then I'll be done, and I'll open this up to you guys because we can talk about this all day, and so can I. <laughs> Jeff will. Don't but worry. I open think up to me. I already talked about Gary Vee, but what he did with the restaurant is a life, a, a world-changing play, right? So, Club? Right. As a, yeah, as a banker, you can't underwrite a, a restaurant. I can't give a loan to a restaurant because they have no liquidity and their likelihood. Sorry, we got a restaurant tour in here. The <laughs> likelihood of uh, restaurants... Uh, uh, failing is extremely high. We get it because of liquidity. So what he does, he creates NFTs. You get the NFT, as you guys already know, because you know the project. You get membership. The membership now everyone wants a piece of it. Creates demand. Therefore, the price goes up. And he's ten million bucks overnight. Yeah, and every, but every time it sells, it's a royalty. Right, it's the royalty. royalty. Yeah. So think about every membership in the world, like a country club membership. You have a country club membership. You leave. I've had one. You leave. Goodbye. See you later. Yep. The money's gone. Imagine you could resell it, what they would make. That, the utility behind the NFTs, there will be the Mona Lisa's too, but the utility behind, it, behind the NFTs will never go away. Ever. Ever. Now, this is also the guy who called LA Rams to beat Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah! <laughs> go back to 14 minutes, 15 but, minutes. Yeah. See but what it'll, happened. It'll, the, the utility in, the, in the, the smart contract feature, especially with the royalty feature, That'll change the entire world as we know. I could not agree more. Yeah. One, like, I, I think now there's an investment in, like, when I, when I really first saw the potential in the market was when I, everyone who's in branding and marketing, right, trying to get your, trying to get someone to buy and rebuy, buy and rebuy over and over and over again, right? And as an influencer, right, or someone has social media following, getting people to engage, stay engaged, re-engage over and over and over again is so difficult 
And they're not in they're they like your success. They're not invested in your success, sure. there, right? And now what an NFT does for the first time is I was in a couple of discords and someone would put out I saw this one thing that happened. Hey guys, really, really engaged Discord. And this influencer came out and said, Hey guys, I'm gonna buy a bunch of these five about five projects today. Go to on his Twitter, comment what you think I should buy. And I and it was wasn't that engaged on the tweet when I saw it. In the Discord, they say, Hey guys, go to this tweet and rep our project. Yep. And I went to go check it an hour later, and there was thousands of comments Crazy. about this project. And I was like, I've never seen a, commu- a, a community, someone who bought someone else's product, but are now involved so heavily on the popularity of it or the success of it. Yeah. They went and took their own time to go market you for you. It, it blew my mind. It's a wild concept. It blew my mind. Wild. Now, and also, we talked about education. Let's think about this. Imagine instead of spending all this money on education and it's gone you could potentially like sell, sell your, your slot and then the college will make a royalty or imagine you have a suite at the uh, you know the Vegas Knights you spend i don't know like 2 300 maybe half a million bucks maybe a million bucks for a suite there who knows and then you don't want it anymore it's gone what if there was like i own this part so then the the knights are making money and every time that sells it's increasing demand increasing the price it's going to change the it's entire a, world it's a simple supply and demand thing it's simple yeah. right and there's just more more inflow like it's and more if, inflow of cash and if someone thinks that there is some resale value to them in the long run i think a lot of i think a lot of liabilities will become assets because of nfts for sure i think, I think so too i think that's the biggest translation where a lot of things that are just that people would view now as a benefit as like a tax write-off yep. or like, hey, this is entertainment. I can use this for business. Sure. Or now it's more like, okay, I'm, I'm paying $50,000 for this, right. X, X dollars, whatever. Cool, I'm going to get great use about it, out of it. But it may or may not stay 50000 Maybe it goes up a little Maybe it goes down a little bit. Yep. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to be able to sell it for something good, like a car. Totally. Right? Yep. Even if it retains some value. At the end of the day, that's such a major win in comparison to what it is, what a lot of things are now. 100%. And I think that that will change the market drastically. Where where exactly NFTs end up and how the metaverse works, that's what I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how involved we're all going to be in how the metaverse is really going to work out. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen with it. Everyone's yeah. saying it's a, what, a multi-trillion dollar business. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we're only going to have friends in the metaverse <laughs> in, in, in a few years. I have no idea. It's tough to me, for me to wrap my brain around that, yeah. but maybe we'll be there. I mean, maybe the, gla- the goggles will be everywhere. The goggles walking around with the headsets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about this though. Like we have five people in this room. Um, maybe think about the dollars of how much we spent in time to just get here or, or where dollar. Like if you put like little digital numbers of your gas to get here and our flights to get here and our dinner tonight and you put it combined. A mad, and we're not touching each other right now, not right. Just so everyone knows, Jason, relax. One one cocktail, right? <laughs> right, one cocktail. cocktail. So the feel of touch is gone. You don't need it. Like, imagine if there was a way to replicate exactly what we're doing right, right. now through the metaverse. I could see you. We're talking the same. Audio picks up the same. I could see them, but we're just physically not there. Sure, sure. And we spent zero dollars other than putting our goggles on or whatever context, whatever the hell comes out. Yeah, boom, a little hologram up here. We're good. We can film it like we're actually here. I just want all the young kids to be safe and be mindful because there's a lot of projects like we talked about that are coming out that are complete holes and bullshit. With actual, the famous word of the fucking past four months, utility, with no real utility behind it. 
and the ones that are building real community, like the Gary V's, who's done sure. very successful and he's yep. building, he's always had a real community, are the ones that are going to be really successful and really thrive in this space. But there's so many that are just str strictly marketing ploys, right? 100%. You have a flaming, melting flamingo. And yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. we have a plan yeah, to develop this in the future. And it's like, I just raised $5 million and the hopeful bye that bye. I build this, <laughs> yeah. but I don't have to. Yeah. I have your money. The cool Go thing, kick rocks. Yeah. So this goes back to the peer-to-peer -peer, because the cool thing is in the beginning, people had these props, the, the flaming flamingo. Yeah. People are like, got to buy it, got to buy it, build hype. Now, a lot of people got screwed because the value went down. So sure. you've gotten really smart. Peer-to-peer, peer -peer, people get smart. They get burned and they get smart. So they'll now look at the credibility of who started it. So now what you're seeing in the NFT space is if you start a project, people are literally going to stalk everything you've ever done. They're going to know everything about sure. you. And, and like a year ago, or not even a year ago, six months ago, if someone started a project, most of the time they didn't even know who was on the project. Sure. So things are evolving to, to get rid of all the bullshit. People are going to start doing the research like they do on a stock or exactly. whatever else it might yeah. be too, what's exactly. out there. Uh, all right. Can you tell us about your new book? I mean, I know you yeah. have a podcast. I don't know if you can write, but let's let's hear about it. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, the book, it's called The Restart Roadmap. You go on Amazon right now. It's on pre-sale. You just type in The Restart Roadmap. Buy it if you, go, you guys don't mind supporting it. It's only 25 bucks. And give me a five-star review. I appreciate it. If you don't like it, just DM me, but still give the five-star <laughs> review. Uh, but the so subtitle fucking. is uh, Restart and Rewire Your Career. A lot of the things we talked about here is like uh, the idea is that if you find yourself in a place that you're starting to wonder why you're in that place or you're waking up with Sunday scares thinking about Monday or you don't think you're compensated accordingly or you don't think you have the network to get you to the right spot. Right, like we talked about with A Rod and Mark Laurie, or even as simple as building a business in your community. If there's anything that has created gaps in your life, professionally, personally, or financially, this book creates an eight-step process to get you through that. And okay. I talk a lot about the lessons that I learned. Uh, they, right now. Oh, you Boom. are the man! I right now, pre-order yeah, right now, and the hardcover. God damn it! Not the little go. bullshit one. Right now, go. place your order right there. It Amazon happened. Prime. Boom. Boom. There it is. Order placed. Boom. I love Thanks. It. Let's do it. Beautiful. I love I'm gonna ask to get it signed when it comes in. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna send yes. it to you. You gotta send yeah, it. I appreciate it. Put the goggles on. Triple shipping. Triple shipping. Oh, I love it, man. Thank you for that. I spent so much time on this. I really put a lot of effort behind. You know, how I can make an impact to people that were lost just like me. Because for 10 years, you told me where to go, I would go. I put on that suit. I lived my life through my title. I lived my life for what the company told me uh, the mission was. And I totally lost myself. And it took falling on my face to get back. And so uh, I get pretty open and real in this book. And um, yeah, it's uh, if you find yourself at all lost in any direction, give it a shot. Give it a read. It's 25 bucks. It'll take you, you know, it's about 12, 11 chapters. It'll take you a couple days to get through it, and I think it's impactful. And it only took it, me 15 seconds to buy it. So <laughs> yeah, that's you my have, guy. You have no fucking excuse. Shout out Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Boom. Uh, how long have you been working on this? So I, in March of 2020, I put something out when the Dow Jones was getting crushed. I put a quick little poll out there. Dow Jones is in every single headline everywhere. S&P 500, Dow Jones. My audience, audience, be real with me. Be vulnerable. Be honest. If I tell you right now on the spot, microphone in front of your peers, can you tell me what the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 is? 91% of them said they had no idea. Wow. Wow. And so I started a company called Restart. Uh, that company was evolved because I was put in a position with uh, my former employer. Either you eliminate all your social media and your podcasts or restart what you're doing in life because it's not going to be here because the towels were coming together. 
And so I restarted what I was doing with my professional life and then created a company called Restart. I love and that. And so uh, in March, when I was putting a lot of this content out, I got reached out to a literary agent. Uh, we did the deal with HarperCollins in June. We started writing in about January 2021. It takes a long fucking time to get a book out the doors and published. <laughs> yeah. And here we are, April, and it will be on shelves, but it's out pre-sale now. That's sick, man. Congratulations, yeah. Appreciate dude. it, guys. Thank oh you. God. I, I love that. Yeah. You officially sold one copy, too, at least. I got one. You got one. It doesn't matter what anyone go. else says. You Tag have fucking two. one. Tag Let's go. Three. We're all ordering today, everybody. everybody. <laughs> uh, dude, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. By the way, uh, I think you're probably... Not probably. I think you're absolutely onto something. I think a lot of people, is, when they hear terms a lot, just assume that they know and never go down the path of basic financial literacy or, like you said, trying to plan out things properly sure. or go for the... 10 singles instead of the home run every single time mm -hmm. and set themselves up and look at themselves after five years and say, okay, wow, I really put myself in the right place. I'm assuming now that's where you're guiding people. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's more of like all this BS that's out there. It's consumer protection. So sure. how do we, how do we educate people to, so they're in the know to know what the right place is and the, what the right moves are and who to trust and who not to trust. And the only way, like if you look at like where money's coming in and how people are making money, I don't make $1 off advising people's money, right? Sure. I just educate, inspire, and from that I get ad deals and I have companies and because of that I've been able to generate money. So I'm not making money, I'm not like an advisor or a hedge fund right. that's getting funds from the people. I'm there to educate those and as a result of that it's created other business opportunities that allow me to monetize. So that's the idea, it's uh, just be protected as a consumer and behind every decision you make, understand why you're making it and behind every move you make, understand what put you there and before what you do every day and how you're doing it, understand why you're doing it. I love that, man. Awesome. Yeah. Great cool. cause. Yeah. It's fun. Feeling good, right? Feeling good. Feeling good. Ready for my second I trip. saw you put a poll out for the cover <laughs> for the cover photo, too, you know? I put a poll out there. Okay, all right, oh, good. Yeah. I like it. People, people, there. You got to get people involved. We you got to get people involved engage. The That's marketing there you right go. there. Make them feel Swipe up. Swipe yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> Press that double click. Uh, all right, let's get some rapid fire uh, reality TV and relationship questions. Let's Are you ready? All right. Let's go. We'll wrap up the episode with some rapid fire okay, questions. Cool. Right? I like it. They're right. good too. They're good. <clears throat> biggest difference between being engaged and being single? Uh, biggest, uh, I'm not, well, being single. <laughs> I was going to say when I was just dating, I was getting so much pressure to be, why aren't you engaged? Why aren't sure, you engaged? Sure, sure. Being single and being engaged, the biggest difference is um, I'm probably much more productive with business because I'm not out and about so much party. Just partying. Really. Good. Good answer. <laughs> By the way, should I put you on the spot right now? You don't, don't do it. Don't <laughs> Every episode I feel. Yeah, right? Right. That's what it is. All right. What's the best kept secret about being on The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Best kept secret is, I don't even know if it's a secret anymore, but the ability to monetize after. There we go. There wild. we go. That's yep. The real, we talked about it before like, the, the episode. Yeah. You get to build. The, the, here it is. It's the access you get. Right. Because you're on the show. You'll get access that you never were given before. You'll be able to meet with people and do things you never were able to do before. It's access. I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Get on reality TV, people. What you do with access is up to you, though. Yeah, there you because go. Because once exactly. you get in the door, uh, you got to make it happen. By the way, the majority of people who have the access don't ever do anything with it. Like 99%. There's a exactly. lot that don't do shit. Correct. All right, what percentage of the guys on The Bachelorette are actually cool dudes? Less than 10%. Damn. <laughs> fuck, really? Oh, they're they're so Damn, many. we talked about it. I was like, dude, these guys look like fucking dorks. Yeah, like, would really you hang out with this guy outside of the show? Jeff and I are like, absolutely yeah, fucking yeah, not. That's how I judge it. When I get a beer with yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, it's less than 10 Very simple as that. Cocktails they're or no cocktails, definitely. beers or no beers, not happening. <laughs> not happening. All right, what's your most cringe TV moment that you look back on? Cringe TV moment. Oh, man. That's a good one. I think my most cringe, like, uh, I'm going to say, like, just my whole cringe moment was right after I got off the show. 
I was I never did social media before, and I was trying to be something I wasn't. It was fucking embarrassing. Like I was taking it. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna be like a sexy model now. And I took a picture of me in a robe, like with a uh, bottle yeah, of wine. Yeah. And my buddies were like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, who are you? And so I think for a few months after the show, I definitely lost myself. Sure. And quickly uh, had the right group of people to check me nothing's and worse boy, than getting chirped by me. your homie yeah oh, you need to, you need to get everyone their circle contact. god do they keep me in check and thank god they did there's nothing like a screenshot in a group text to really humble <laughs> yeah. you. bro what the yeah. fuck is this you're like dude like okay enjoy this but it's not, you're not a fucking model stop that like yeah. you take a shirt yeah. you take a picture in your fucking trunks i'm gonna knock you out yeah, yeah. Like, get back, right, go right, backwards right. go backwards i like that one that's good uh, who gets crazier DMs, you or Caitlin? Uh, Caitlin, for sure. So all most of, of our yeah. following, like 90% of our following is all females. And I think in general, you know, usually like like my buddies beat me up. It's easier for like the right. boys to beat the boys up and girls to critique the girls. And that's one thing Caitlin uh, it, it gets really frustrated with is like in a world where we're, you know, women are creating so much independence and, and empowerment and they're creating so much uh, impact in this world, like, she was like, we are supposed to be building each other up, not breaking each other down for like our looks and aging and things like that. And so she's so good at using those chirps as a way to like teach and inspire people. But man, I've seen like the tweets and the things about like, you know, physical appearance. And Kayla, in my eyes, Caitlin is the most beautiful human in the world. And people could just be nasty. And why are you trolling people and taking people down when there's so many things in this world that are taking us down one at a time? Everyone's got their own issues, right. you know? So Caitlin gets a lot of a lot of nonsense. I'm sure you get some good crazy DMs though. Still, oh yeah, like the feet pictures. You know, people are like, "Yeah, hey, you know, how much for a feet picture?" I'm like, "Trust me, what is up with the feet pictures, dude?" I don't know. The internet, I don't get it. Did you see? Now it's gotten even worse. You know that girl who sold all that money by selling her farts? I got to interview her. I was like, "Oh yeah." Did she bring a jar with her in the hot seat? No, she didn't bring the jar. But I learned all about. I learned all about the jar. There's a note. There's flowers. She actually How much had, she wait, this is crazy. She went to the hospital because she was like eating too much protein to generate farts Inducing for farts. her business. So she had GI issues, swear to God. I would just get some random fake you fart spray and just put it in a jar. Yeah, they know. They're paying too much no, money, dude. dude they understand. Like, that's, that's what I like said. fart I go, fanatics. I go, don't you think they just want like a note from you or you think they really want to? She's like, no, no, no. Fart fetish is a thing. Like, they want to open that jar and get that whiff immediately. Guys, what a world. First, uh, first lesson of business, there's a market for everything. Everything. There's a market for everything. like 200 grand off those fart jars. Stop the madness. Yeah. What? Not to mention, she just got clout forever. Yeah, she got PR value worth like five clout million. Clout forever. Yeah. Followers forever. Now Nuts. she's got to figure out We're talking what to do it. with it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right. We're talking again. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one. Who's the boss of the house? You or Kaylin? It depends what department. Okay. 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 If we're talking like um, any type of interior design, I could say everything and I will get completely vetoed. If we're talking like finance and business, I run the show for the house. If we're talking about uh, what's going to be for dinner, I'm going to lose that battle. So we each have our like it's a it's okay. a very solid fifty fifty relationship with what she runs and owns. She crushes what I run and own. I crush. We have different skill sets, different talents, and it comes together nicely. Where's the wedding happening? Uh, the wedding is 100 percent going to happen in Nashville. Not when Davis. it's going to okay. happen. Love that. Question. I got to get her back in town so we can go check out venues. All right, make it happen. She's on Dance with the Stars tour now. Yeah, so. you know, busy, busy. She's killing it. My yeah. man, go thank Kate. you for coming on the show. Yes. We appreciate it. Guys, go buy the book. Go listen to the podcast, Trading Secrets. Congratulations on everything, my man. Thank Kate. you for coming on the show. Crushing it. Absolutely. Kate. As always, at the Residency Pod, hit us up. We'll see you next week. Later.